Glory to God. Well, I, uh, the Lord was just downloading the message to me just a few seconds ago, so it's not, I don't know if you have a handout today or not, but those notes are not going to work. So, <laughs> they will not match up. Uh, but I just welcome you, and uh, we flow in the Holy Ghost. So, before we get going, I just want to tell you about a few things. Men's group will be tomorrow night at 7 at Blue Bay. Yoo-hoo! Men's group, tomorrow night, 7, Blue Bay. It's always awesome. We always have a good time. I'm not very much on selling stuff, so kind of either get there or don't. It's up to you. You'll miss it if you don't. There you go. There's my sales pitch. You decide to esteem it. It's not up to me to make you esteem it. It's up to you. So, uh, Stanley County Fair is September 24th through the 28th. And uh, that we, what we do at the Stanley County Fair is uh, we always go there and we just love on people. We, just, we hand out water. Generally, it's still pretty warm and people are really hot. And, uh, but we just hand out water to them and just love on them. We don't, you know, we've had people say, well, can I give you an offering? I'm like, no. Matter of fact, the first year I went out there, the Lord asked me this. He said, I, we started to get a banner ready and have some stuff to hand out about the church and everything, which isn't necessarily bad. But he said, are you going out there to serve the people or are you going out there to market? I was like, eh. I said, just because you asked that question, we won't even have anything that says boomerang on it. People are like, who are you? You know, that was what we did the first year and I think part of the second year too. And uh, the reason was we weren't going out there just to do it a worldly way. We were going out there to do a Bible way. And so every year we've gone back out there. And as a matter of fact, if they have an event like the Agri-Civic Day, uh, we just go out there. We buy pallets of water (laughs) to give away. I think we gave over 3,000 bottles of water last uh, year at the fair. And uh, so we need people to sign up for that, just to be there and smile. It's one of the easiest things we can do to serve our community because what they do is they remember that and they remember, you know what, they always love us. As a matter of fact, they look forward. They want us there because we've done that for years now. And, it, and it's important, when we first started Boomerang, the Lord said this, I'm looking for people that will do the right things for long periods of time. And so now we've done that for six years, seven years, something like that. Uh, somewhere around in there, and we just served. It cost us money, right? And it uh, doesn't cost them a thing. We just give them away. I think we, you know, some people were selling water. They had to stop selling water now, but that's, hey, I'm sorry. We're going to give you, we're going to do what God told us to do. You know, you're not going to make money on the water because we're going to give it away. We bought enough to give. Glory to God. So that's what we do. Uh, today, you know, we took up the uh, SCCM offering. We'll take it again next week in case you weren't prepared uh, today. And uh, tonight or this afternoon at 4 p.m., 4 p.m., special treat for you tonight. You're going to enjoy it. I'm telling you, don't miss it. 4 p.m., the Holy Spirit service. Uh, make plans. Listen, let me tell you something about this Holy Spirit service. Uh, the Holy Spirit moves in all of our services, right? He, he moves in all of our services. But each month, there's something special that happens in this service. There's, when, when a people come together and say, Lord, I'm not coming just to get something from you, but I'm coming, which we should be in every service, but I'm coming, I've laid aside time, you know. This service is almost always three hours long, um, just so that you know. It's almost always three hours from front to back, 
at a minimum. I don't think we've ever had one that's less than three. And uh, that we're saying, Lord, I'm coming to serve you. I'm, I'm coming to worship you. And I've set aside time. That's why we started at four. Because if we, if we started at seven, then about eight, eight o'clock, everybody's like, well, I got to get my kids in bed because they got school tomorrow. Well, we started at four, so you won't have to have that temptation. And um, <laughs> that was me messing. And uh, so anyway, all right. Tomorrow also starts something uh, different. Uh, we will start tomorrow morning from, at 6 a.m. weekly prayer, or not weekly prayer. We'll have prayer weekdays, every weekday, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m. We'll come into the church, probably be in the foyer, and we will pray. Uh, anybody is welcome to come to that. And then we also have it uh, each weekday, except for Wednesday, we'll have it Monday and Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, uh, noon to one prayer here. Now, what is that for? One, it's for us to come together in unity and pray out the will of God for this place and for, uh, for uh, everybody that uh, attends here or is a partner with this ministry. Uh, at the same time, hey, we're just giving ourselves to God. Prayer is our work. Prayer is our work, yeah. right? And so we want to say, Lord, I'm going to take up my work. And then we have some people, they can't make it here at noon, but they do get up early and they want to be here at 6 to 7. Listen, I'm leading the 6 to 7 prayer. You know that's Jesus because I'm not a morning person. I haven't been. You know God had to tell me to do that for me to commit to be here at 6 o'clock. You know Jesus was behind it, all right? And, uh, but some people are like, yeah, I'll be there. I'm like, I love you. And uh, but six to seven every weekday, and we're going to pray. It's going to be awesome. And uh, then on Wednesday we have the live broadcast. If you don't watch that live broadcast, uh, if it's funny, it's a lot of fun. It's Wednesday from noon to one. Uh, generally, uh, Barrett and Paul and I will come together, and we'll and we were laughing. We had a contest this week. Whoever could make us all three laugh, they got put in a drawing. And so we had people typing in stuff. It was funny. We had a good time. And then we gave some good word out. That was awesome, wasn't it? So amen. So sign up for the fair. Uh, those are out there. And then make sure that you're part of Life Group and uh, glory to God. Amen. That's all the announcements. Hallelujah. I enjoy doing that so much. That's just, it's just not how I think. It's not how I function. I'm not, uh, I'm not real big into promotion and building up hype on things. And that comes across if you haven't noticed that before. But then when it comes to selling stuff, I'm just like, well, do what you got to do. Like, take some responsibility, you know, get, get yourself built up, you know, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost, you know, and, uh. That's what we should do. You know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have to hype up a Christian to be a Christian. <laughs> okay, let's go over here. And <laughs> so I, I shouldn't have to do that. But I, there was not, nobody. Paul's been a decent Christian, so I wasn't talking about him. So, <laughs> so he's been all right. So you have too. So if I come over here, don't, don't get in condemnation, all right? So y'all too, you've been decent. Y'all... Well, y'all too, yeah, so, I mean, just look over here, yeah, y'all been decent, y'all been decent, but let's go to another level, how about that, 
That'd be good. All right. Amen. So uh, today, you know, we've been talking about an overcoming life, and I, I was actually having all week, I was like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? Because I've got notes to finish up this series. One set, the one that some of you had, I've been trying to preach for three weeks. Uh, but do you remember, do you remember the example that we gave just at the beginning? The example that we gave at the beginning of this series where I had Marky come up here. Will you come up here? And one of the things I said, so she's, she's a Christian. She's a Christian. Just stand facing me. There you go. So she's a Christian. And how many people, you know, Jesus said, in this world you will have persecutions. Well, what does persecutions look like? Most time it's pressure, Right? It's a pressure towards you. And the devil's trying to get you off balance to knock you down. He would kill you if he could. It's the mercy of God that keeps that from happening. Do you realize he is a very ruthless enemy? The Bible tells us Jesus said he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not nice. He's not somebody to play with. He comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his purpose. That's what he's looking to do. So what a lot of times, do you understand, if he could take you out, he would. If he could take us out, he would. He'd do it. He'd kill you. He'd make it ugly. He'd leave, he'd leave blood splatter everywhere. Under, understand, I know that's graphic. Sort of. Not really, because that is the level that he's at. So it's not something that you want to play games with. And, and don't raise your hand. You can put your hands down for a second. Uh, I was like, she can be like, yeah, after about 10 minutes. Anyway, um, do you realize how many people have ever, don't raise your hand, how many people have ever played games with sin? You, you, realize, you realize you're playing games with a murderer, with the devil. When you play games with sin, you're playing games with that. You, you play games with rebellion. You play games with pride. You know, all of a sudden, you're playing games with, that may seem like it's small, but you're literally playing games with somebody who wants to utterly destroy you, and then he wants to leave a bad taste in everybody else's mouth. It's not something that we need to do. He is a legitimate enemy, and if he is good at one thing, he's good at being an enemy. All right? Don't, don't play games with that. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not a defeated foe. Jesus said, all power and authority has been given to me. So Jesus is carrying it all. So don't, don't think that just because he, you know, he goes around like a roaring lion, you know, puffing himself up, making himself to look like you can't beat him. And he does that mostly by putting pressure on you, right? And then, but one of the things that we talked about is this, is that in pressure, you understand that right now I am putting pressure down on this platform. I'm putting pressure on it. Hear that? That's the pressure I'm applying to this platform. Now, do you also understand, though, that a lot of times, so in other words, the enemy will come in and he'll put pressure, 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 right? But what a lot of times we don't see, all we feel, what, when the pressure comes, what generally has been going through our minds? The pressure. Like we're focusing on that pressure, right? We're focusing on that pressure. And a lot of times, how does the pressure feel? The pressure feels like it's bigger than us, right? Which is why I chose marking. Because I could be bigger pressure. 
But see, and many times that's the way we feel. We feel like we are smaller than the pressure. And what we forget is that the overcomer lives in the inside of us. That we have somebody in us. And so one of the things that's interesting is that pressure that I'm putting down, you understand that if this platform was not putting pressure back up, I would fall straight through the platform. I need for this platform, you put them down, I need for this platform to put pressure back up so that I don't make a fool out of myself and fall straight through. I need for the ground, if I go outside and I stand on the earth, I need for that ground to put pressure back up on me or I'll sink to the core of the earth, right? In other words, there's gravity pulling me down into the earth and I'm putting pressure on the ground, but there's an equal and opposite force putting pressure back up. So many times when we come under attack and it's that moment to have that overcoming, what's actually going on is I'm putting, I'm not I'm putting pressure, but the devil's putting pressure on us and then we are actually putting pressure on him. As much pressure as you feel in the attack against you is the same pressure he's feeling against him. And listen, he can't do it but for so long. Because, Paul, because on the inside of us is an overcomer. There's not just us standing against the devil. See, it feels like this. It feels like this. But what is actually happening is Jesus is backing you and the devil's going, I'm going to give all I got. You know, I, I just, ah. And there's more pressure on him than there is on you. All we have to do is decide right here, I'm going to stand and I'm going to trust on the overcomer to back me. And because here's the thing, if you put Jesus up against the devil, that's already been played out. The thing that's holding us back many times from overcoming is the fact that we have not allowed Jesus to be Jesus. We've not allowed the victory to be played out again. And we've got to decide, it's not me by myself in this. I've got an overcomer on the inside of me. I've got the one who already has the victory. And the devil's sitting there and he's like, what he does, he tries to present himself as a bully to get you to crumple before you will engage by faith Jesus in your life. And what we don't see, all we feel is the pressure on us. But what we don't realize is there's just as much pressure on him and he can't stand there forever. But us through Jesus, having done all stand, we can stand. All we have to do is make up a decision. Now there's something that happens generally right before you have the breakthrough, right before you go through. He says, oh my goodness, They've done engaged Jesus. Oh, oh ah, I thought I had them. I thought they weren't going to pull him into this fight. Dang it. And so what they'll do, like a roaring lion, at the last minute, they will say, I'm going to give everything and try to get them to, to think twice. And so they goes, ah, and gives it that last push. And that's when the pressure on you is the strongest and you're right there at breakthrough. That's why it's like that many times. Because he realizes, I can't stand here forever. And if I don't get in their head that they're going to lose, I'm going to lose. And so he tries to get in their head by giving that last push. Ah, 
like this. And all we got to do is be like, <laughs> Jesus, boom, and push him back and we will have the breakthrough. And so the devil comes up at first and, and Paul stepped back that way. There you go, out of the picture. And we don't necessarily see or feel Jesus sometimes. Sometimes we don't see or feel. We're not led by feelings. We're led by the Holy Ghost. We know he's there not because we always feel him. We know he's there because that Bible promises us something. It tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us whether we can see him or not. But the devil will come and many times when we don't feel Jesus, right? That day when we forgot to forgive somebody or didn't feel like forgiving somebody or didn't feel like putting a fence down, you know, and we're already kind of beat up. And he's the one who put that trap there in the first place, trips us, and then he's like, ah, oh, you don't want to forgive them. You don't want to put that offense down. You, don't, uh, you ought to cuss them out. And then that one day, you know, you might not cuss them out, but you thought about it. You know, and you're already feeling bad about yourself. And then that's when he comes and, he, and you're already feeling low. Feel low. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, you're already feeling low. And that's when he comes. Ah! She's like, good gravy. That's when he comes right then when you're already feeling low. Now, where, where's our self-esteem? In the garbage can because we didn't act like a Christian. And that's when he tries to do it. He tries to put, give me a little resistance there. He tries, to, he tries to put all that pressure on. And see, this is when the believer says, Jesus, I need your help. Your mercy is new every day. And Jesus is right there. He never was out of the picture. He was never leaving you nor forsaking you. All of a sudden, now, now you push her. There you go. And now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, oh, that's a real believer. Now, oh, I thought I had him. I thought, you know. And then all of a sudden, they're like, man. The devil's going, I can't stand. I can't stand. I'm about to lose this. Let me give one last thing to get in their head. Otherwise, I'm going to lose this little battle. So he goes, ah! And all that believer has to do is say, I'm standing. Having done all stand. And it's just a matter of time because the devil can't take it. And you're the overcomer. You're the victor. Thank you, guys. Many times that's what's going on, and I wanted to remind you about that. Now, it's interesting. Turn uh, to Mark chapter 4. Oh, we're about to break through. Yeah. Hoo, hoo, hoo. We're about to break through. Yeah. We're about to break through. Yeah. Glory to God. We're about to break through. Mark chapter 4 and verse 14 and 15. It says, the sower sows the word. So what does a sower sow? I mean, the word here, yes, but what is a sower casting out? Seed. The word is seed. And it will bring fruit. What's this series been about? You remember when we started this series, God had already told me to preach this series. And I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what was coming up. But I had, if you remember, I'd just gotten back from several different places. I probably had 20 messages I could preach 
fresh ones. Like, I, I mean, the Lord was just stirring in me. I had so many notes I could go to and preach something. But he said specifically, I want you to preach on an overcoming life. I want you to preach on an overcoming life. And all of a sudden, I get in here to this place and I realize, hoo, 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 there's an attack going on. And why would he attack? See, the sower sows the word. The sower is spreading seed. What does that seed do? As long as the earth remains, Genesis 8:22, as long as the earth remains seed, time, and harvest. He's sowing towards a harvest. But see, we play a part in whether or not there's a harvest. Jesus is sowing the seed of the word. Why? To bring up an eternal harvest inside of us. To bring up something. An overcoming harvest. Amen. To bring up a victory inside of you. To bring up some triumph in us. He'll sow this, right? And so here's what the devil knows. Oh, boomerang's about to break through. They're about to break through to something. I don't know, he might not, he probably doesn't know everything, but he's probably got some ideas. Boomerang's about to break through. Let me come against him. Let me come against him. Well, God sees just like with the prophet in the Old Testament. The king sitting there, he's like, why does Israel keep beating our, our attacks? They said, it's that prophet. He sees everything and hears everything you speak in your bedroom. He sees it all. Well, the Holy Ghost sees it all. He said, look, oh, you're about to overcome. You're about to break through, boomerang. But the devil's going to try and attack you. Let me give you some seed called an overcoming life. The seed of the word to help you break through. Let me, let me, let me throw some seed out there that will turn into fruit, right? Let me turn, in, turn this word into an eternal fruit. Let me give you the supply. The lifeline, the word that you need to take you to another level, to break through, to go through, 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 to go through. What does it take to go through? What what does it take to break through that soil? A seed that's planted and received. And then all of a sudden that seed breaks through. And then once they break through, the harvest starts to come. But listen, the devil doesn't sit idle. Like I said, one thing he is good at in a bad way is he's good at being an enemy. And you see in verse uh, 15, uh, the sower sows the word. These are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. The devil comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. Why? Because he knows if I let that seed get planted, it's going to cause a breakthrough. And so right in the middle of a series called An Overcoming Life, he's like, let me give everything I got. Because if I don't stop them now, somebody's going to get this. If I don't stop Boomerang now, I'm gonna, I can't take it much longer. They're putting too much pressure on me in prayer. They're putting too much pressure on me in their victory. They're listening to the Word. They're getting excited about the Word. Oh my God, they're, they're, they're worshiping Jesus. He said, let me take them out now. Let me, let me try to beat them back now. Let me pour everything on at one time because all of a sudden he realized I'm about to lose this battle. They're about to break through. Yeah. Do I have any breakthrough people in yeah. here? Do I have anybody who says, I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm breaking through. 
then we got to let that seed hit, hit solid ground or fertile ground, soil that's ready with the nutrients in it that we'll give the word to, we'll give hunger and humility to it. we got to let that seed hit the soil of our heart so that it will produce eternal fruit. Eternal fruit. Now it's interesting, he'll come immediately to steal the seed of the word. He doesn't wait around. The Bible, this is Jesus telling us this. He doesn't wait around. He comes right immediately. He comes immediately to steal it. Why? Because he knows if that thing hits the fertile soil of somebody's heart, it will immediately germinate. We're talking about a supernatural seed. It will immediately germinate and start to break through. That seed is so powerful. The, the word says this, that my word will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. My word will not return void. So the devil knows as soon as that seed, as soon as that seed hits the fertile soil of a people's heart, the breakthrough starts right then. Right? It starts right then. And we've got to say, okay, Lord, break through in me. And But listen, if, we, if we're sitting there and all of a sudden the seed is planted and then the devil comes and puts pressure on us, we're like, oh, God, I can't take it. I can't take it. It's just too much. We let him grab that seed up out of our soil and we've got to go through the whole process again. How many people, you're tired of going through the process? Me too. Me too. Well, then that's time. That means what we've got to do is we haven't done all stand. We start to say, okay, all right, devil, game on. Game on. Except it's not a game. Lives hang in the balance. Eternity hangs in the balance. It's not a game. He would kill you. This is not a game. We've got to get serious about this thing. We've got to quit flirting around with the things that lead to death. And we've got to start moving to the place that leads to life. In Romans 8 it says, the mind set on the, on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. We've got to quit flirting around with the fun things, quote unquote, of our enemy who wants to kill us. We've got to, we've got to quit flirting around with Sin and death and pride and offense and forgiveness and worldly ways and being entangled in the world. And you know, I was thinking this morning, I think this is the Lord bringing it up, but look, that boat, you know, that boat that somebody worked so hard all their life to get, it's not worth it in eternity. If somebody's in, I don't know if somebody's in here or somebody's watching that like you're doing everything you can to go and buy a boat. I just hear the Lord saying, that is not, that is not what I want you to do. That's not what I want you to do. That is a, one of the least, should be one of the least of your priorities. I don't, and here's why. If I could, the Lord showed me this this morning. I, didn't, I wasn't sure if it was for today or not, but now I, I recognize that it is. And it may be something else. It might not be a boat. It might be the, the lake house or the beach house or it might be something else. Imagine this. Imagine 
that I told you that if you'll do something, you'll just take one action. Maybe you'll just, I, I tell you, I'm going to go lead some, one person to the Lord. And if you'll go lead one person to the Lord, I'm going to put a million dollars in a bank account for you. And, and every year that bank account is going to uh, gain 30% interest per year for the rest of your life. Now, if you don't know what compound interest will do, that's a big chunk of change. That means in year two, you have 1.3 million, right? In year three, you have about 1.7 million. That, and in two years' time, you have one point, going into year three, you have 1.7 million. It's almost already doubled. In three years, it doubles. Every three years, it doubles. So in 10 years, in 10 years, you would have close to seven or eight million, right? It's just compound interest. Well, think about this. Think about this. What you do with your time here on this earth that God calls a vapor is now multiplied out through not the rest of your lifetime, but through eternity. The soul that you win, you receive awards forever. And if a boat holds you back from an eternal award, how much is that boat worth? Not very much. I'm not saying that you can't have the boat, but instead of working for it and toiling for it and sweat, let the Lord just give it to you. Because he says, look, if you'll seek my kingdom first and my righteousness, all these things will be given to you, added to you. Let the Lord put yourself and your heart towards him and his kingdom and his righteousness first and let him give you the things that he wants to give you. I promise you he will because he doesn't mind you having the boat. But when we make the boat our priority and our focus, all of a sudden we get our priority out of line. We put the wrong thing on the throne. And see, this is what, what he's after. What the devil's after is to steal the seed now of your time. Because if you'll plant that seed into God, all of a sudden God can do something with it and multiply exponentially things you could never do on this earth. He can give you one idea. One idea. One idea. I know I have a friend of mine, some, some of you know him, Jonathan, an evangelist. Let me, let me give you an idea. He gave his life to the Lord. He, he said, Lord, I'm going after you. I'm going after you. Right? Right? I'm going after you. So out of going after him, he started to become more and more powerful in God. So then he's doing a meeting over in Europe. He goes into this meeting in Europe. Somebody comes up. He prays for them. They were in bondage and they needed deliverance. All of a sudden, the power of God, because he had given himself to the things of God, the power of God flows from him. The bondage completely breaks over this person, and they're free. And I mean, the glory of God has now presented itself in this family, right? Well, what he didn't know was a very close relative of that person. All of a sudden, he receives a, a check in the mail for over $1 million. $1 million. You know why? They wanted to sow to the ministry. Why? Because they had gotten their family member free. That person happened to be one of the inventors of one of the most popular games on the iPhones and Android that had ever been made. If I said the name, you'd know the name of the game. You've heard it, even if you hadn't played it probably. 
And all of a sudden, here's what I'm saying. What we would struggle, how many people would struggle to, to earn a million dollars for so long? How many people would go after and work so hard to get a boat, to get a million dollars, to get the vacation house, to do all this stuff? How many people would struggle and toil to go get it? All he did was he gave himself to God and he was in the right place at the right time, letting Jesus flow through him. See, this is how it works. If we will make him our priority, his kingdom and his righteousness, God will get stuff. He doesn't mind you having stuff, but he does mind if stuff has you. He doesn't mind you having stuff. I've often said this. It's been coming up multiple times this week. If it takes you more than two seconds to give something away, you don't have that thing. That thing has you. Because if God says, hey, give me that, you ought to be able to say, yours. Yours. But if you go, eh, okay, yours, that thing had you. If you just give it another second, that thing's got you. You don't have it. And that tells us it's a good test for us to look at. Like, what if right now God said, give me this? What? Listen, think about this. Watch. I'll give you an example. Right now, think about the plans that you have for the rest of your life. What you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Every bit of it. Right now, God says, give me every one of those plans. I'm rewriting your life. Oh, we just got in people's business. And not me, actually, him. But see, that's just it. Oh, I've worked hard for this. I worked hard for this. I know. Maybe you worked so hard that it became yours and not his. Maybe you see you deserve the fruits of it, instead of saying God deserves you as a fruit of Jesus. Yeah. I can move back to the message now because I feel like we're into business. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the problem. There's too many people, too many people that are sitting there letting their plans that their parents planted in them and their grandparents planted in them, and society and their environment planted in them, they're letting those plans that were not rooted and grounded in God and in His love, they're letting those plans run their life instead of the one who's supposed to be on the throne. And that's why life's not working right. That's why we're feeling so many of the pressures. It's not that you won't feel pressure, but there's a difference when you start giving yourself to the Lord, what he's able to do and how he'll bring you through. And overcoming life, one of the main keys of an overcoming life is that I'm willing to give anything he says to him at the drop of a hat. I'm willing to give anything to him just like that. Years ago, some of y'all know this, some of you don't. You know, he told us to start this church. We got into year three and four and five, six, seven. And it, didn't, it wasn't fun. There were moments that were awesome. And there were moments where I was like, you want this back? <laughs> like, you can have it. <laughs> Truth. Now, part of that was my, my fault. Around year eight, I was, we were starting service in our old building, and we were sitting there in worship, and I was pretending to worship, but really what I was thinking is, I don't even want to be here this morning. 
and I'm the pastor, you know that was going to be a great service. (laughs) And God speaks to me. He says, you're not having any fun. And on the inside, I said, you're right. You're right. I might as well tell him. I might, no, you're not, it's not the time to act holy. I mean, he can see it all, right? Like, I'll be like, oh, no, I'm having fun. Liar, you know? No, that, it was not the time to act like that. I was like, you're right. I'm not. I'm not having fun at all right now. And he said this. He said, well, you need to make a decision to. I'm like, certainly it is not that simple. Certainly fun is not just that simple. That was what I was thinking. But it was, because I said, okay, because I knew he was right. I didn't know how or why, but I said, I said, okay. And sure enough, that day, I was like, Instantly, I said, I'm, going, I'm having fun. I said, I'm having fun. I just purposed myself to have fun. Instantly, I started having fun. It changed, like on the dime, that day, totally different service, like completely flipped because I decided to put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. I said, oh, I'm going to take that heaviness off. I'm going to put on praise. I made a decision. You remember a few weeks ago we were talking about putting on joy? I decided to put on fun. And from that day forward, I had fun. Now I had to have a reminder every now and then. But for the most part, from that day, I've been having fun. It's been awesome. There have been challenges, yes. But it's been, it was one decision away. Think about that. I was not having fun. And one decision, and now I am having fun. And it wasn't God, it was me. Me. And I just said, I'm going to have fun. This is going to be a good time. Glory to God. I don't care if all of them look like they've been sucking on lemons. Whoop-de-doo, I'm going to have a good time with it. I'll just, I'll, I'll have fun looking at them sucking on lemons. Glory to God. I don't care. I'm going to have fun all by myself. And I did. And some days I walked in here and that was exactly the situation. I'm like, I'm going to have fun. I'll be like, my job is to release the anointing and release the seed of the word no matter what you look like. (laughs) No matter what you look like looking back at me, my job is to have a good time in Jesus. I decide I'm going to have fun. And I watch people, they'll be like, oh, pastor, I'm just having this problem with this and that and blah and this and everything. And I'm thinking, you just need to have fun. And I know if I said that, they'd be like, you need to shut up. I'm like, no, for real, that's what you need. You need to have some fun. Enjoy life. Stop being so stiff. Don't be that. Don't be stiff. Don't be a square. That's a movie reference you shouldn't reference. Huh? (laughs) I did do that for a while. (laughs) 
You just need to have fun. And I realized that if they would just loosen up, all their problems would go away because what they do is they say, you know what, everything that I'm facing, God's already handled it. So just have fun in the middle of it. That whole time that Marky felt like she was under pressure from the devil in that scenario, it didn't make God any less powerful because she was feeling more pressure. That Just because she was feeling pressure didn't, oh, oh, now I feel pressure, Jesus is diminished. Uh, no. No. Jesus is never diminished. You feel pressure doesn't change who Jesus is. You feel, you feel pressure doesn't change that the joy of the Lord is your strength. You feeling pressure doesn't change any of that. He says rejoice always. That means to put on joy always. That means to have fun. Have fun. This is the key to overcoming. To having an overcoming life is that in the middle of that... See, and then people just think you're crazy because it's like they see all that pressure. You know, they see all that pressure. They see you under that going... <laughs> you know, that person's dangerous in battle. You don't ever want to fight a guy who laughs at you when you kick him as hard as you can. That is not the person you want to fight. They're carrying something in, that's a strength on the inside. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That dude, like you unleash, boom, right? You unleash, boom, like that. All of a sudden, they're like, <laughs> uh-oh, this is trouble. See, and the devil knows it. See, when you get to the place where you're carrying the joy of the Lord and he's not stealing the seed of who God is inside of you, he's not going to be able to extract out of you that you got Jesus on the inside. I got the overcomer who's already got the victory. I've got the, I've got the one who's already beaten down the devil. And I may feel all kinds of pressure. And I may be all under some attacks. And he may be trying to kick me when I'm down, but I'm just going to laugh. I'm going to take off this garment of heaviness and I'm going to put on a garment of praise and in the middle of it, when you're in the dungeon and you're in chains, Paul and Silas, you're going to be with them praising the Lord and all of a sudden there's an earthquake and the chains fall off of every prisoner around you because you got something supernatural on the inside of you. You've got a risen Savior. You have the overcomer on the inside of you. You sense that? That's the Holy Ghost prodding your spirit like with a cow prod. Hey! I know you don't feel like it right now, but put on something. Put on some fun. Put on some joy. That's, that's him on the inside right now trying to get you to let it go. That's what he's doing. I don't think I've ever used a cow prod in a message as an example. Have I? I don't think. I think that'd be awesome. Satan comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. Immediately. Jesus is ministering. He's accepted his ministry. You go over. You go over here into uh, Mark, or excuse me, Matthew, chapter fourteen. Matthew chapter fourteen.
Jesus has accepted his ministry. Anybody ever accepted it? Okay, I'm going into this Christianity. I'm going to do this thing. You think the devil just leaves you alone? Now listen, we're not making big of the devil. I'm telling you what to do when he doesn't leave you alone. The one, decide that you're going to have fun. Decide that you're going to have fun. Glory to God. We're having fun. Decide. The, know that the overcomer is on the inside of you. Know that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Not in the time to come, in this world. So are we in this world, in this age, in this... We, so are we. And we're not talking about baby Jesus. We're not talking about praying to baby Jesus. We're not talking about Jesus on the cross. We're not talking about Jesus in the grave. We're talking about Jesus raised up, given a glorified body, the Most High, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, seated at the right hand of the Father, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The one who's been given all power and authority. Yeah. As He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we in this world. Now, I want to tell you something here. One, many, many I've found over the years that many people don't understand this. That when the anointing of Jesus starts to flow, it can really agitate. When the anointing that will set people free starts to flow, it will really agitate the devil. And if he's got any area in our life that is not given over to Jesus, then a lot of times that anointing will start to put its finger right on that thing. It'll start to put pressure right on it. In Hebrews 12, 11, it says that all discipline for the moment seems to not be joyful, even sorrowful. And it says, but if you'll give yourself to that discipline, you'll have the eat the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Right? Thank you guys for getting it up. You have to understand that because Jesus loves us, he disciplines those that he loves. He's always, in other words, there's never a moment where he's not going to take his finger and put it on an issue that you may have, right? And that means that when he puts his finger on that issue, how's your flesh going to like it? It's going to be not joyful but sorrowful to my flesh. Not to your spirit but to your flesh. It's going to be not joyful but sorrowful. So I want to tell you that when you start flowing in this, we start, we're, all, we're talking about an overcoming life, but what I'm really talking about is the power of God to set us free. When that anointing starts to flow, it makes our flesh uncomfortable. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. You know and, and this is what, if people would give themselves to God, they could break free and level up. Boom, 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 boom. But see, what happens most time in today's world, we've made the flesh so comfortable in church. We've made the flesh so comfortable in church that when the anointing actually starts to flow and putting its finger on something, we're just like, I don't like that church. I don't like that preacher. How dare he talk about money? How dare he talk about tongues? Can't believe he did that. How dare he laugh in the middle of service? Don't he know this is a respectful place? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Not the joy of the devil, the joy of the Lord. I'm supposed to have joy. Rejoice always. Put on joy. You see, and what happens is instead of being religious, 
If we'll just give ourselves, all right, Lord, I see that in the Word, I, I accept that. All of a sudden, we just break free and we just jump levels. Boom, 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 boom. And we become the people that God wants us to be. But see, what happens is we don't give ourselves to that discipline. We don't keep ourselves under that discipline. We don't keep ourselves in the press of God. You know, the olive, he would, they would press those olives and the oil would flow. You need the oil in your life. The oil is that anointing that will set you free. The oil is the power of God. But in order for that to happen, we've got to give ourselves to when God's saying, hey, you need to fix this. You need to, when you start feeling uh, uncomfortable and uneasy in your flesh, you say, okay, Lord, hey, do what you need to do. Let's go to the spiritual gym. You know, let's, let's go to the gym and let's get a spiritual workout on. Let, let's handle this thing. I'm not going to wait around. You know, uh, patience is a virtue, but haven't you heard people say, you know, it's like, well, don't pray for patience because then you'll go through some stuff, right? No, are, are you kidding me? Pray for patience. Get it over with. Get it over with. Instead of like putting off the discipline, pray for that discipline so that you can get a lot of that main stuff behind you and you can just start walking on high. Yeah. See, what happens is a lot of times people don't realize it's actually the anointing of God trying to set you free. Not, and we feel like, well, that preacher, I just don't like what they're preaching right now. And he was funny like five minutes ago. What happened? Like I was laughing. Now what's going on? I don't like this. And it's that anointing flowing. It's that anointing flowing and, it, and it's putting, putting pressure there. So I just felt like I should tell you that. Give yourself to that press of the Lord. Give yourself to that. The more you do, the more you go to the spiritual gym, you work out, you get stronger and stronger. And you see more of this attack when it comes and you know what to do. And you have the strength to stand. Having done all, stand. So now, you look at this, many times we found ourselves, okay, I'm going to do this Christian thing. I'm going to go after God. Jesus is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's the Savior of my life. And uh, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go be who you've called me to be. I'm going to go preach the gospel. He starts laying hands on people, starts getting them healed, delivered, set free. All of a sudden, uh, King Herod says, who is this Jesus? He said, man, this is... This is John the Baptist raised from the dead. The reason he said that is because it wasn't long before that he had John beheaded. And if you look down here, watch this, verse 10, 14, 10. He sent and had John beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to the mother. Oh, they're just a lovely bunch. You know, we just, we... we Many times see that as really clean. That's not a clean deal. This is ugly. It's demonic. You know, the girl being used by demonic forces and the mother and the king to take out a prophet of God. And listen, verse 12, the disciples came and took away the body and buried it and they went and reported it to Jesus. Okay, Father, I'm your son. I'm going to go preach the gospel. Uh, you know, my cousin, John, he prepared the way for me. 
I got baptized to fulfill all righteousness. I went out into the wilderness. Holy Ghost overflowed me. Went out into the wilderness. Prayed and fasted for 40 days. Beat the devil back. And then I come out of here, go to Cana. I do my first miracle. Now I'm preaching the gospel. Things are going good. Oh, wait a minute. The king just beheaded your cousin. Presented it. The girl presented it to her mom, his head on a platter. Oh, here you go. Here's your trophy. Now, you think about that. What do you think? My cousin's head was presented on the platter? And remember earlier I said he's, he's a gruesome enemy and he's ruthless? This makes him happy. Makes him happy. Don't play around with him. I've played around with them before. It's not fun. It's not right. All of us have at some point, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. But set it in your heart. I'm not messing with that anymore. He's a gruesome, cruel murderer. I'm not playing around with it. Think about Jesus thinking about his cousin. who's now not here, but his head was presented on a platter in this demonic thing that happened. Well, how do you think Jesus felt right then? Let's talk about feelings. You feel the pressure of that? That's some pressure. So many times we're going through life, we're not feeling pressure. That's some pressure. Well, it's not just that I took out your cousin. It's also that if I took him out, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I mean, in the same chapter, he has him equating Jesus and John, and he just took out John. And talk about pressure. See, we, you know, we recently... You know, we're upset... We're upset for the smallest things because we've become very spoiled in this country. We've become so spoiled we, have, we don't have a clue. I mean, we don't have a clue how spoiled we are in this country. We are blessed. I took Paul, uh, Paul to the Philippines. And uh, I actually, I've seen a couple of places. My opinion was the Philippines was pretty nice. But we got there, and he was talking to Jade that first night. He said, he said to Jade, it's worse than I ever expected. And it's just kind of a third world. I mean, they still have power, and, you know, some of them have, a lot of them have, you know, bathrooms on the inside and stuff like that. But it was filthy in areas. People living in huts. Literally, we were driving down the highway, and there's the, the concrete barrier, Literally, somebody has a house built out of cardboard and, and rags on the highway right there at the median. That's their house. That's where they're living. Is that right? You remember seeing that? All of a sudden, we come back here and we've got a little, you know, oh my goodness, my, you know, the power went off because a car wrecked and hit the power pole. And we don't have power for four hours. The devil's attacking me today. We're spoiled. 
we're spoiled. Oh, we're, see, now we're talking about some real Christian stuff now. I can feel it. I'm all in your business. And that's okay. We've got to get there because the, God doesn't need somebody that, doesn't, that can't carry a load. He needs some believers that can carry some weight. That's carrying the power of God. He needs some, some, some people of God that will stand up and having done all stand. And when the devil comes and puts pressure. And see what I'm telling you today is you can be those people. You can walk in this, but it takes a decision to say, I'm going to put my flesh down. I'm going to start being who God's called me to be. I'm not going to always go after the boat. I'm going to go after the kingdom and his righteousness. Right. And if I got something in me that's standing in the way, then I'm going to put it down and I'm going to be who God called me to be. So here's Jesus preaching the gospel. Lord, I'm being obedient. I'm doing what you tell me to do. Hey, by the way, the king just killed your cousin, beheaded him. Just killed him. So what does Jesus do? Oh, kill John? Oh, no, no. It's my cousin. Well, he might have felt that, but what's recorded that he did? Verse 13. Now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. So he was, he felt it, I would say. But what does he do with it? The same, he does with it the same thing that you and I should do. Now watch. And when the people heard of this that he drew away, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd. Now imagine, have you ever been working really hard, really, really hard? And then all of a sudden, you get the phone call. You get that phone call, and it's like, I need you. I need you right now. I need you here. I need, it's like, I don't feel like going right now. It's been a long day. I don't, you know. Jesus, here he is. He's withdrawing because they just killed his cousin. And he gets off, and here's all the people that want ministry, pulling on him, pulling on. And you might not have felt that before, but it can be taxing to the body if you don't put it in the right place. It can be taxing on the mind if you don't handle it. And it's like, oh, golly, you know, wow. And all of a sudden, here he is. And he says, okay, here's how I get back at the devil. Here's how I stand. Read the rest of it. And he went ashore and saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them, and he healed their sick. In other words, he had a healing meeting. He said, okay, devil, you want to steal, steal my cousin from this earth? I'm going to get them all healed. I'm going to get them all delivered. I'm going to let the power of heaven flow in them. I'm going to go and I'm going to advance the kingdom of God. I'm going to let heaven touch this earth right now. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it flow right here. All right, devil, that's what you want to do? I'm going to go win a soul right now. Just because you attack me, I'm going to go win somebody to Jesus. I'm going to tell them. I'm going to go see somebody get healed. I'm going to lay my hands and they, on them and they shall recover. I'm going to go advance the 
kingdom. I'm not going to retract back into this place of pity and cower. No. You, do you know who's on the inside of me? I've got the overcomer. You understand, you have this same Jesus who healed them all, living on the inside of us. Right now, he's living on the inside of us. And when the devil comes in and he tries to steal the seed of the word, it's time for some believers to step up and say, I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to advance the kingdom of God and I will not back down. Oh, just let me go to the spiritual gym and do some work. Let me go get into the word and let's, let's study some to show myself approved. Let me just start worshiping you right here. You know, that's what many of us need to do when the attack comes. We just need to turn on some worship music loud and just start dancing around the house, praising him and worship. That doesn't have to just happen on Sunday morning. It can happen at home too. And all of a sudden you will have a whole group of people getting the breakthrough. They'll just get the breakthrough. They'll be, they'll be like, don't attack them. They'll just build the kingdom. Yeah. Don't attack that boomerang crowd. They'll just get more hungry to see the kingdom advance. Right. See, that's the kind of enemy you need to be to our enemy. You need to be the kind of enemy that when he attacks you, you're like, okay, let's go get somebody. Let's go call some eternal fruit, Lord. Hey, back me up in Jesus' name, and he will. So that's what he does. I want you to see this because if you know, here's, here's the thing. They're sitting out there. They're in a wilderness. They're in a desert place, right? All of a sudden, he's attacked. He goes, he goes to withdraw. He gets to the place, and there's the crowd waiting on him. Oh, I was, thought I was going to be alone for a few minutes. I thought I was going to have some time to myself. And yet, here's all the people that want to pull on me. But he knew they're not pulling on me. They're pulling on the Father through me. I'm just a vessel. So he can either carry the weight or he can allow the anointing to come through him. Because he had to operate the same way you and I operate. And then he says this. They get out here and it's like, hey, the people are hungry. Understand this, many times when you're under attack, it doesn't feel like Jesus is there. It doesn't mean he's not there, but many times you won't have the feeling of it. Praise God, we're not led by feelings. In Romans 8 it says, we're led by the Spirit of God. We're led by what he's already declared here, no matter what. And so in this moment here, it didn't feel like there was anything there. And he says, look, they're all hungry. What do we have to feed them? There's no restaurants around. We, even if there were restaurants around, we don't have enough to feed 5,000 people. And, and not just 5,000, that was 5,000 men. There's probably like 15,000 people there. And we don't have enough to feed all of them even if we could buy food. What do we have? Well, there's a little kid over here. He's got some loaves and fishes. Can you imagine the disciples? And it's not what Jesus responds, but the disciples... Loaves and fishes, how many? Two and five? Man, get out of here. What, kind, what are you talking about? Jesus says, sit them down, bring them here. Many times when you're under attack and it's time to break through, it's time to go to the place of overcoming, you're not going to feel like everything's at hand. You're not going to feel that, that big, strong rush of anointing come in. And people are like, well, I just don't feel it, so I'm, I'm going to, I don't feel him right now, so I'm not going to go do, no, 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 no. That's when you say, now watch this, there's a river. Yeah. 
in the middle of this attack, I might not feel it right now, but I know that written in this word, there's a river. There's a river flowing that I can't see with my physical eyes, but there's a river. If you go over into Ezekiel, I think it's chapter uh, 47. Ezekiel 47, it says this. He brought me to the back door of the house, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east, and the house faced east. For the house faced thee, and the water was flowing from under and the right side of the house from the south of the altar. And they finds out that this water is flowing. And then it says, this water in Revelation 22, it says this. It says, there's water flowing from the throne of God. There's a river flowing from the throne of God. And then it says this, this water, you mentioned it today when we sang that song. There's a river that's flowing. And at first when the river started to flow, the water was ankle deep. Well, you can still walk around in ankle deep water. When, when Luke was a baby, we'd go out to the ocean and uh, I could, he could walk by himself in ankle deep water. But then it says, oh no, this, and it's like you start to touch the things of God. You know, many times when we're born again, we, we step in and I don't know about all that joy and, and they're kind of crazy down there at Boomerang, but I'll step into it every now and then and then I'll step back out, you know. I'm close enough where I can get in and get out, right? And many times people are like that. But what we realize is God doesn't want us just to touch that and just touch that on our feet. The next verse says that, that it rose up to the knees. The water ro rose up to the knees. Now, if you get in some strong currents, you can step out into the ocean. And if it's even at your knees, it can, it can knock you around a little bit. And then the next verse says it gets up to your waist right? And all of a sudden you get in water like that, it will move you. You've still got your feet planted on the ground. But then the next verse says, it came so high, I couldn't even ford over the river. In other words, I, what God's saying is, there's a river flowing from the throne of God and it's carrying provision. It's carrying a supply. It's carrying a strength and a joy so that when you're in the wilderness and when you're facing something and the giant's coming and he's taunting you and he's putting pressure on you. All you got to do is say, I know there's a river flowing from the throne of God. I've got Christ on the inside of me and I'm going to jump in. I'm not going to dip my toe in. I'm not going to just put my leg in. I'm going to jump into his river because everything I need is in that river. And I'm going to trust you, Lord, so that I can be in the middle of a desert, in the middle of a wilderness place and I can find, I can reach into the supply of the that river, the flow of the Holy Ghost, the flow of His anointing, and I will find a strength. But see, if I stand on the ground and I try to control everything that the river does, I'm just going to get knocked around. But if I'll go in over my head in the things of God, if I'll move, all right, Lord, I'm jumping in. Glory to God, I'm jumping in. When I get up to the place and I'm like, okay, oh, there's a river right there. Oh, 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 that feels good right there. No. I jump in. I get to the place where I say, there's a river, God. It's you. I want it. All of a sudden, we'll move to the place where the devil has a hard time with you. And you will live an overcoming life. Lord, I got to have you. And so here they are in the desert. He's just been attacked. How are we going to feed all these people? It'd have to be supernatural. It'd have to be. Jesus says, have, have them sit down. Bring me what's in your hands. Bring me 
what's in your hands. See, we don't have to have the full supply. We just have to be willing to give him what's in our hands and trust that he'll provide the river. And Jesus kept breaking the fish and he kept breaking the loaves and it just continued to multiply and continued and continued and continued. And he reached right into that spiritual river and pulled out a supply of God. And what looked like they had just taken this huge loss in John the Baptist, Jesus said, no, let's go advance the kingdom. Let's get them healed. Oh, it looks like we don't have enough supply. Let's reach into the river. I know there's an overcomer on the inside of me. And as he is, so are we in this world. And you just decide, having done all to stand, I'm going to stand. And I'm going to put on Jesus and you will see the power of God flow in your life. Amen. Amen. Lord, right now, we just thank you. We praise you. Right now, your flesh is telling you for many of you. Okay, great message. When's lunch? And that's the moment where you got to tell your flesh to shut up. Because if you need overcoming, and if you're going to walk in overcoming, then you got to be willing to stop listening to the flesh because the mindset on the flesh is death. And that's why many people are experiencing death because they got their mindset on the flesh and not on the spirit. And you got to say, look, Lord, I'm going to go after you. I'm going to put my flesh down. And I'm going to trust you. This is not about Pastor Brian getting provision to you. This is about you, no matter where you find yourself, even if you're in the desert, knowing that on the inside of you, your Redeemer lives. You have an overcomer on the inside of you. The devil's going to try and press. He's going to try and put pressure on you. He's going to try to get you to back down. But you say, Lord, I'm going to give you what I have in my hands. And you know what? Many times what we have in our hands is just us. Lord, I'm going to give you me. And I give you me right now. I give you me in prayer. I give you me in this room today. Right now, you may be like Paul and Silas who's sitting in that jail and there's a whole bunch of other prisoners around you and if you, when you feel the least, when you feel the worst, will start putting on praise and worship, you can break loose the people next to you. Many times, you know, it's not about you. Well, I don't really have anything that I need to feel like I need to overcome. Okay, how about praise for the person next to you? Maybe today is not about you. Maybe it's about your neighbor. This is the life of a Christian that's saying, look, Lord, I'm going to believe in you. Now, if, you, if you're sitting there and you're like, I need some help in this overcoming, I can tell you right now, I've, I've needed help in overcoming in my life. I've needed Jesus to help me because I didn't have it all together. But the more I gave myself to him, the more he helped me to overcome. And the more he helped me to overcome, the stronger I could be. And the more I could help bear the burdens of one another.
But there's times where we don't know what's going on. We don't know how to get out of it. But I can tell you, Jesus does. And the more you give yourself to him, the more he'll show you exactly what to do. A lot of it has to do with having done all stand. A lot of it has to do with taking off the coat and the jacket of heaviness and putting on that joy. Putting on that coat of the anointing. Many times it has to do with us with us saying, Lord, I know there's a river. There's a river in this wilderness that I've, I've sensed. I see, and I'm going to give you me. I'm going to give you everything that I have. And so I just invite you right now, quickly, get up out of your seat, come to the altar, say, Lord, I'm yours. I need to grab a hold of that river. I'm ready to be an overcomer, not just, for, not just for myself, but for the people around me. And I just invite you, just kneel at the altar, you and him. Lord, I'm giving you me right now today. I'm giving you me. You've called me to be an overcomer. You've called me to be more than a conqueror. Lord, I ask right now that you would just strengthen every person. I'm not going to be left. You may, the enemy may have taken out some things in my life that were close to me, like John the Baptist for Jesus. But I'm not going to turn, tuck tail and run. No, I'm going to go and advance the kingdom. I'm going to get along with God. I'm going to spend time with Him and I'm going to go advance the kingdom of God. I'm going to respond like Jesus did. Lord, I've got to have You, but then I'm going to go do what Jesus did. Thank You, Father. Lord, I ask You right now. Lord, bring the overcoming in these lives. Bring Your anointing. Thank You, Father. If you need to lay something at the altar, lay it at the altar. Lord, I've let, I've let this hold me back for too long. I'm not going to let it hold me back anymore. I've let it hold me back for too long. I've played around, played games with the enemy's ways. It's been destroying me. It's been, it's been taking my mind to a place it doesn't need to go. It's been destroying me. I'm laying it down and I'm walking out of here an overcomer today. I'm walking out of here somebody filled with the fire. Last week was great. The, the enemy comes immediately to steal the seed of the word. And so we have a great week of worship and all of a sudden he just tries to pour it on this week. I mean pour it on. Okay, fine. Game on. I got the overcomer on the inside of me. He's, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I will not stand still. I'm not just going to sit here and take it. I will advance the kingdom of God. I will make the kingdom a priority. If you're, you've not come up yet, but you need to, you've got to lay some stuff at the altar. You've got to get it right. You've got to move into being the overcomer that God's called you to be. Maybe you just need to be victorious. Lord, I need your victory in my life. I know, just search your heart right now. I know where I have been, even though I've known some things about you, where I have been, I know that there's more. I know that there's more. I know there's more.
and I'm not satisfied. When you gave your life for me, I'm not satisfied to leave it sitting there and not apply it and move further in you, move forward. And if that's you saying, I know there's more, I need to, I need to be down there. Come on down there. Handle what you need to between you and the Lord. doesn't mean you've done horrible things. It just means that I'm ready to go on up. It means that I'm ready to go to new levels. It means that I'm ready to be different than what I have been. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I just invite you now. I just invite you now. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. It's a day to start a new chapter. I invite you up. It's a day to start a new chapter. The world's told you that you're nothing, that you're not worth anything. It's beat you down. You've had moments where you, you were really excited about the things of God. But the world, it just kept that pressure on and you didn't know how to handle it. And so you let it affect you in the wrong way. But it's time to open up a new chapter. Lord... You hear it on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit right now saying, your story's not over. This is not the end of your story. This is not what you will end up being. I, I'm taking you somewhere else. I'm writing the end of the book in a different way. I'm writing the end, the end chapters of your life different than what they have been up to this point. And the Holy Ghost is calling you right now. I just sat down. If you hadn't looked up, I'm just sitting here. Because I'm not moving till he tells me it's time to release. If you need to be up here, come on up. Write a new chapter today. Thank you, Father. It's time for you to be an overcomer. But in order to do it, you have to purpose yourself to do it God's way. You can't do it like we've done it in the past when it hasn't worked. We have to do it God's way. We have to humble ourselves. We have to submit ourselves. Multiple times in the Bible, God called people out and he said, look, if you believe this way, come stand over here. If you believe this way, then stand over there. And what he's saying today is, you got to take some action. Faith without works is dead. You got to step out 
You want to see that change? You want to see the chapter turn? You want to see a new chapter, a new storyline in your life? It's time to reach out. It's time to step out of your seat, come to the altar and say, Lord, write it new. I need your help. Write it new today. And if you're already up here, it's time to make those decisions real. It's time to say, Lord, this, it's time for it to be real right now today. It can't go on the same way that it has. It's got to be different. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to work on all of our hearts. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. It's not too late to rewrite that chapter today. To start a new one. Thank you, Father. If you need to come up, come up now. If you're here, let's get serious. I found this out, that when you get serious with God, He gets serious with you. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you're in here, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, boomerangs your home, you should be praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just come against anything that may hold people back, even if they're already here at the altar, Lord, even if they're already sitting here. Things that would hold them back from moving forward in you. Like, Lord, they're saying, I'll give you this, but I'm, I know I need to bring this part up, but I'm not really, uh, I'm not ready yet. Lord, whatever that would be that would hold them back, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, let it break off of their life now. Lord, supernaturally, let it be broken. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you've called this crowd to be overcomers. Thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you. I can sense it. He's working a work. He's working a work. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. I want everybody in here just to pray this prayer. Just say, say it right now with your mouth. Just say, Father, right now, Jesus is the Lord of my life. He's the director. Whatever He tells me to do, I'll do. And I ask You, Lord, to forgive me. I know that You took my sins, and they took You to the cross and the grave. And I believe you died for me. And I believe that God brought you up from that grave. And when He raised you up, He raised me up with you. And now I'm seated in heavenly places. In Christ, an overcomer. Jesus, I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and baptize me with your fire to be who you've called me to be, to be that overcomer. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Father.